Hi, I'm Bruce Tolgan, author of The Art of Being Indispensable at Work, published by Harvard Business Review Press. And this is The Indispensables, a podcast featuring conversations with real go-to people who stand the test of time in the real world of work. Each week, I ask my guests what they do differently that sets them apart in the workplace, what makes them tick, and what makes them so successful. In this episode, I talk with Dr. Karen Gordon. She spent the first 10 years of her career working with millennials and families. She still works as a practicing therapist on top of her leadership coaching. We talked about her new book, The Three Chairs, and we had a great conversation. Uh, But I should uh, warn you, uh, some of the audio quality in this episode isn't as good because I had to record remotely. But I wanted to share Karen's insights, and, and her audio quality is just fine. So please forgive me. Welcome, Dr. Karen Gordon. Welcome to the Indispensables. Thank you, Bruce. Great to be with you. I love your radio voice. You got some great energy in your voice, Bruce. Uh, well, golly, you know, it beats working. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, at least that's what I always say. Um, so uh, I like to watch people work and write about it rather mm-hmm. than actually work. Um, so uh, uh, Dr. Gordon, it's it's such a pleasure uh, to have you. Mark Klingsheim uh, recommended you and uh, and he's a heck of a guy. Um, and any friend of Mark's is a friend of ours, friend of the show. Uh, so, so for our listeners who are not familiar with you, which by the way, if they're not like, hey, what are you living under a rock? Uh, but if you haven't heard uh, about Dr. Karen Gordon, Karen, please tell us, tell us a little bit about how how did you get to where you are? How did you get to be you? Well, it's a great question. Uh, definitely a process for sure. But my journey, so I've been doing this work for 25 years. My doctorate's in marriage and family. People are often very curious about my educational background. So my doctorate's in marriage and family. I spent the first 10 years working with teenagers and millennials in a family practice. Started my first practice 25 years ago. Specialized, ended up specializing with millennials for the first 10 years. And in Canada, became quite popular and started doing television, writing books and speaking tours that were sponsored by big companies. And when what happened was, when the generation grew up and they headed off to the workforce, I started getting calls from a lot of my big sponsors saying, if you specialize with teenagers and millennials, well, guess what? We're now hiring this generation in the workforce and we don't understand them. We don't understand how they need to be managed, how they need to be motivated. Could you actually transfer your knowledge of family systems into the organizational system? So that's what I did 15 years ago. And the whole thing has just kind of exploded. It's been super fun. So now I work with companies all around the world, every single industry, mostly focusing on management, senior leaders, managers, really understanding what are the things, you know, just really it's those people skills, helping people, all levels of leaders understand each other and what each other needs and values to really kind of drive home that engagement and communication. So that's what my last book is about. The Three Chairs, How Great Leaders Drive Communication, Performance, and Engagement. And super excited. We just hit number two on the Wall Street Journal. And we also hit USA Today bestselling list too. So this this book has really taken off. And I think it's just because it really resonates with leaders. And when I say leaders, I mean all levels of leaders. I think of leadership as a mindset, not a position. So this book really, I think, resonates with people at all levels within organizations on how do we develop great leaders? What are simple things we can actually do to kind of really help develop? Develop our leadership in ourselves and those around us. Yeah, and it's um, I love your approach, and um, uh, we have this in common that we started out uh, focusing on young people in the workplace. My first book uh-huh. back in the '90s was Managing Generation X, oh, and uh, I was the interesting. So I was a young, unhappy lawyer uh, at number two Wall Street, and uh, I wrote a book about how the grownups didn't understand us. <laughs> 
you know, now I'm old. So, you know, where, where, where are these young upstarts coming from anyway? Well, so. you understand. You and I could probably have a lot of conversations about the different generations and how different generations, you know, what they need. And and I, I love the topic of generations because it, it applies to all parts of our life, right? It applies certainly in the workplace and why, you know, some companies are doing a great job with retention and engagement, why other companies are not. But it also is fasting from the family perspective. A lot of people are quite curious and, and interested in the fact that I still practice. I still practice uh, one day a week for families. And uh, a lot of my professional clients, my business leaders, they love that. They love the fact that we can talk about managing millennials and the next gen. And oh yeah, we can also talk about how do you raise great teenagers and kids and to prepare them for the workforce. And so, you know, that's the cool thing about leadership and leadership is a process and a journey. And you can kind of, you know, you teach it at all levels, regardless of what age the person is. Yeah, I think your, your, your whole approach is super cool. And um, I love that uh, that you came into this uh, as an expert on young people. And, you know, the, the, the peculiar thing about uh, studying young people is God willing, they get older and then they become grownups. And then then it turns out like you're an expert on grown-up workers because they're all grown up. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because we are we do we do all kinds of courses for families and organizations. What's really been fun for us is that we started doing courses for teenagers, and then it's now courses on managing teenagers. And now those managers are like growing up, and now we want people want courses for developing great senior leaders. But then those senior leaders want to learn how do you actually have leadership courses for kids. So it's like this whole journey, regardless of the age group, that you know I think. I think one of my mentors years ago, he said, you know, Karen, it's great if you can just kind of grow with your audience. And that's what I feel like I've been growing with my audience the last 25 years. So, you know, the principles don't change. They're they're timeless. Right. So it's it's just neat to kind of take a principle and just kind of reshape it and redesign it so that it kind of resonates and, you know, hits home for the culture and uh, the generation. So it's been so fun. It's just been such an amazing process and journey for sure. Yeah. And uh, of course, now the the young uh, youngest least experienced people coming into the workplace. Uh, we, we've got our finger on their pulse as well in our generational sh- shift research. And we, we uh, I always tell tell the older, more experienced people, well, the, the post-millennials uh, are like, like children of the 1930s almost because they grew up in the 2000s with war and uh, economic crisis and fear of environmental collapse. And now there's this pandemic and, you know, but children in the 1930s, if children of the 1930s had been raised by helicopter parents on steroids, and if they had been attached to handheld supercomputers their whole life. Right. right. But let's talk about, look, uh, I mean, you have an incredible pedigree as it were. Uh, you, you, uh, you're, you're actually a, a doctor of psychology. Is that right? Doctor, it's a doctor in a marriage of family. So it's a little different. It's like under that umbrella of psychology, but the, the specialty is is marriage and family. So my daughter. Okay. So in other words, in other words, the really hard part of psychology. Well, it's the, you know what it is? It's the practical part of psychology. You know, if there was one doctorate that I was going to ever have, I say this to my husband all the time. I am so glad I did this, this particular doctorate because it's such a practical type of education. You can apply it. Like I get to apply my education and my personal life every single day. So it's one of those really practical types of uh, education for sure. But that's where you 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 cut your teeth, as it were, and then. Uh, but but here, even working with business leaders and managers, uh, and 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 teaching real practical skills for the real world. Uh, I know your book, The Three Chairs, uh, has a lot of uh, theoretical heft, but it's really meant to be a concrete package of techniques and tools that people can use every day to yeah. be more effective, probably at any level. I mean, I, I, it, it looks like this book could be super valuable for C level 
executives, but it's also a book that they want people who manage folks on the front lines to read. Like they, they should buy this book for every manager. Yes. And actually it's funny you should say that because we've been having companies are buying it for their entire, like not just teams. I We're seeing senior leaders and owners and CEOs calling our office saying, can we buy it for our entire company? Because what it is, it's, it's so simple to understand. The concepts are so simple to understand that you can teach it to every level of leader. And if, and if organizations can really develop a solid sense of kind of alignment or communication or tools that everybody's actually using, it's just going to be easier. It's like everyone's going to speak in the same language. So, so let's get into it because I know uh, this book uh, is, it, it, it's, it's easy to read. It makes sense, uh, but a lot, there's a lot in it. So can, can yeah. you just explain yes. to folks? So again, it's called the three chairs. Uh, it just came out. It's brand new. Uh, it's, it's doing great on Amazon. And uh, as you say, it's, it's, it's moving up on bestseller lists, uh, but, but, but maybe you can explain to people, uh, maybe you can give them a few, uh, a few free samples of the yeah. wisdom. Uh, so I'll give a little background on the book. So the book was actually started. It was a, it was a concept I actually created 24 years ago. So I've been practicing for 25 years and my first year of practice, I'm working and specializing with teenagers. And I realized that a lot of young people struggle with self-esteem, lack of confidence, and it really impacted all kinds of their behavior and their decision-making. They wouldn't take risks. They were afraid to ask for help. They wouldn't put their hand up. It would affect, you know, who they were attracted to as a relationship partner. And it was really quite discerning that this attitude or this lack of confidence would have such a massive impact on how they made everyday decisions. So I was very curious about this, that this time I had my master's in counseling. So I thought I'm gonna get my hands on some really good research. I love data, I love numbers. And so I researched and pulled it, well, I didn't research it myself. I pulled together all the existing research. There was a huge amount of research that had already, already been done. And I just started combing through it to try to really find the pattern. I'm a pattern finder. I like to take a lot of data and see the, see the sequence in it. And once I went through all the research, it became really clear that there's really three distinctive attitudes of self-esteem. And once you can actually understand with what kind of attitude you have, you can actually make with pretty good certainty a prediction on how people actually make decisions based on research. So I thought, well, how do I make this really kind of come alive? This is such a fascinating uh, pattern that I figured out. So I thought I'm going to do it as a skit in front of high school assemblies. And I developed this concept of three chairs. So I begged high school principals outside of Toronto, anybody, please take me up on my offer. I will speak for free. Just give me a high school assembly. With, with teenagers and give me three young people that are good on improv and I'll put three chairs up on the stage and I'm going to give them a character sketch and they're going to act out these attitudes in front of everybody. And so that's how I started 24 years ago. And as, and I wow. realized and I realized that once I saw my first audience and I could see them how they responded to those chairs, I knew I hit something really great because uh, all of a sudden, young people start understanding the power that the attitude actually has. So I did it for years in Canada. Half a million people have seen this three chair uh, skit. And then I started doing it in front of business leaders. And I realized this was exactly the same thing. And so the front cover, if, ever, if anybody goes to amazon.com and you actually look up the book, the three chairs, you will see on the cover are three chairs. So for anybody who's a visual learner, which is the majority of us. So I want everyone to visualize those three chairs and think to yourself, which chair do you see yourself sitting in the majority of the time? So the left chair is a person that I would call the insecure person or the insecure leader. They put themselves down. They're pretty tough on themselves. They're kind of critical, kind of negative self-talk. 
talk. Then you got the right chair person. And that's the person that is like, they're really cocky. They're arrogant. They're kind of full of themselves. They'll kind of tell people where to go. And then you got the middle cheerleader, the red chair. And that, that person in the middle is the person that is confident, but they're also, um, they're also humble. And that's really a key difference between confidence and arrogance is someone who is confident has a sense of humility. They're more open to learn. They're more open to grow. They're more open for feedback. These are the three distinctive attitudes. And so the first thing I get people to do is think about which chair are you sitting in the majority of the time? And we all move around a little bit. And then the second fun question is, how do you think that attitude then impacts decisions that you are making every single day? How does it impact who you choose as a partner? You know, how you take risks, how you communicate. And it's all based on research and science. The book is filled with research, but it's extremely easy to read. And it's full of, you know, stories and anecdotes on helping people understand it's a great self-awareness tool, really, and helping you understand which chair you're sitting in, how does it impact your life? And most importantly, how can you help yourself and those around you actually sit in the middle chair? I'm guessing that the most productive chair to sit in is the middle chair. You got it. So the person who's sitting in the middle chair, that's why we call it the great leader. Because when I do keynotes on this for companies or organizations or even schools, I'll say like, which, who do you want to have as your leader? Who do you want to have as your boss? Who do you want to have as your parent? Who do you want to have as your teacher? And it's very clear once I kind of start explaining, like everyone points to the middle chair because the person who's in the middle chair, they're confident, but they're humble. So they're open to feedback. They want to lift you up. They want to encourage, but they're also going to hold you accountable. So they're like, they're like this beautiful sense of leadership in the most authentic real way that they're going to lift you up, but they're also going to challenge you. They're not, they're not going to let, just let you, you know, they're, they're going to hold you accountable, but they see incredible potential in you. And so that's why the book is filled with examples of great leaders. How do you develop? It? And this is a skill set that anybody can learn. Um, and so once you kind of see it, and actually one of the fun things I often do when I speak is once I explain the three chairs and I'll, I'll say, I spoke yesterday at an insurance company and I said, put your hand up. If you can kind of see people, you can imagine people in your life that's sitting in the middle chair and everybody's hand goes up. And then I said, yell out, who's the person in your life that you can see kind of sitting in that middle chair and people are yelling out their spouse or their daughter, their son, their manager, their director, their neighbor. And it's really cool when you actually start kind of really thinking about real people in your life that are sitting in that middle chair. You start thinking about, well, what is it that they do that make me realize that they're actually sitting in that middle chair? And all of a sudden we realize they tend to be very encouraging, but they, they know how to deal with feedback and they know how to manage their time and they know how to set boundaries. It's very cool to kind of get people to start to unpack why they've actually actually identified someone in the middle chair. And it's, again, it's all very intuitive, but of course it's all based on science. I'm always asking when I go into organizations to do assessments, who are your go-to people? And, and what do they have in common? Um, and I have a feeling that a lot of them would be sitting in that middle chair. Uh, so, so I love your model. It reminds me a little bit of um, uh, transactional analysis of sort of the parent and the child and the adult. And I'm, I'm seeing some Piaget in, in, in your uh, intellectual uh, background, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, it was just more when I, when I put the model together, it was just so clear. Like to me, when I got all that data, it was just so clear. I remember sitting, it was, I was at University of Toronto and I was re going through all the journals of the library because that's what you get your research before the internet. You got to go to that library. And so I was like sitting and pouring over all that, all the journals and all the research. And it was just so powerful to me that all this research had been done, but nobody had really tied it all together. Like it was all kind of sitting in books and dusty shelves at the university. And, and that's really what I want to do. It was take the data and simplify it 
so that the average person could understand it. And most importantly, they, they could actually start applying it because it's in the application of it that we can actually really create incredible change. It's not just knowing the research, it's actually doing something with the research that is actually so powerful. Yeah. Well, what I like about it and just thinking about the transactional analysis, this model of, you know, you've got the parent and the child and the adult, and you want to find your adult voice. You want to be your adult self. But I think uh, that's less accessible to a lot of people. And what I like about your model is that it's attached not just to a mindset, but as it, to, but to concrete behaviors yeah. uh, that, that uh, yeah. be, you know, having sufficient confidence, but being humble, being ready to hold people accountable, but being open to feedback. And, and, and what I love yeah. about this is, you know, these are the fundamentals. Uh, the world is so crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to be able to anchor yourself to fundamentals. And these are yeah. fundamentals anyone can identify with. They are the foundational skills that everybody should be having. Like I want schools to be using this in their graduate programs. I want every every new employee to be having it. I want every manager to be having it. Like th this is like so foundational, but it's shocking of how new it is. Like, it's like, oh my goodness, this is like fantastic. But it's like, we should have been teaching this like years ago. So, you know, like, so in many ways, the fact that we're just kind of, you know, sharing it kind of now, I mean, again, the research has been around for a long time. I just, I just kind of helped tie it all together, but it is, it is absolutely foundational. And the earlier that people can actually start learning the tools and applying the tools, the greater the impact that you're going to actually have in terms of feeling confident for yourself. And a lot of people think that this stuff is genetic and it's not like great leadership is learned. This is a set of, this is like a language. You know, I often say to my, my, when I speak, I'll say, you know, if you know that to be successful, you have to learn Spanish, then you go and you take a course, you read a book, you hang out with other people that speak Spanish. That's the same thing in terms of great leadership. So, you know, this is really is built on the whole premise is really built on emotional intelligence. It's those soft skills and research consistently is showing us that for us to be successful in our life, to be a great leader, however we define that is to develop emotional intelligence skills. And that's really with what the book is, is. And you can read it in like two evenings. It's an easy read, but it is those foundational skills to kind of really drive home alignment. I really love it. And I was, what I was thinking is, um, you know, one of the beauties of training in an organization is, uh, especially if you're not like flavor of the month, you know, but you're saying, no, this is just another way. Think about the fundamentals that have always been important and that will always be important. And the beauty of soft skills is they never become obsolete. Yeah. They make you more valuable at any level. They make yeah. you more valuable wherever you go. And, and, um, and, and I think, you know, maybe some great leaders are born. But I always say like, if, Hey, if you were born with the ability to light the fire in someone else's belly, God bless you. That's a gift yeah. from God. But that doesn't let all the accountants and scientists uh, and whatever off the hook, like, Hey, sorry, no hard feelings. You got to learn how to lead too. And a lot of it is stuff you can learn. And so much of what's missing is stuff you can learn. And I, I love the you present it, but but here's what I'm starting to think is one of the great things about training everybody in an organization is you give them a shared language. And, yeah. and what I like about this is I can just start hearing people saying to each other, Hey, are you sitting in the middle chair? I think you're on the right chair in the right chair right now. Yeah. Right. You can just see how this could start to become language that makes coaching easier. Right. Yeah. So yes, the leader should be leading from the middle chair, but it's also great language that can be used as a shorthand to coach others. Hey, come on. You're giving me a little too much right chair right now. Right. Yeah. No, it's, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is, you know, it really, the book is an amazing tool for self-awareness and to kind of have that kind of like common language as you're saying. And I also caution people in the book several times to not 
point the fingers and tell other people with where they're sitting because you know it, that's where all of a sudden that's not a middle chair right like we're kind of like so i i will say you know you can think about think about you know other people in your life with where they actually sit but ask them explain the three chairs give them the copy of the book and say you know where do you see yourself sitting because what i find really interesting is most people will see themselves sitting in several chairs in different environments like i have a lot of leaders that will say you know at work i sit in the middle chair i feel really confident in my skill set but when i go home i sit in the left chair and my my spouse is sitting in the right chair I hear that one a lot, you know, or I'm sitting in the, in the middle chair at home, but when I go to work, I sit in the left chair, or the right chair. Like, so we're, you know, it, it's not three boxes. You know, people often say, you know, that it's too simple. I get people say, oh, Karen, it's too simple. I'm like, this is not three boxes. This is a continuum and we're all moving and evolving. And the key thing is you want to just be mindful of, okay, where am I sitting right now? And if I'm not sitting in the middle chair, what are the things I need to do to get myself sitting back in the middle chair? I talk in the book in terms of from, from a practical perspective, there's kind of five core skills. Hey, if you are enjoying this podcast, you'll want to check out the exclusive Career Coach podcast with me, Lisa Edwards. I cover all things career management for high-achieving mid-career professionals. As a 30-year veteran of career coaching and one of 23 master resume writers in the world, I am your go-to expert in managing your career path. Topics include resume writing, interviewing, LinkedIn, job search strategies, managing expectations with your boss, leadership, and so much more. Each episode provides you with actionable steps you can take. For example, on episode 176, How to Really Prepare for a Job Interview, I give you 11 tips to help you ace your next job interview. The Exclusive Career Coach Podcast has won multiple awards, including Top Job Search Podcast by JobScan and Top Career Management Podcast by MaxList. So hop on over to the Exclusive Career Coach Podcast to listen and subscribe. See you there. We are back uh, with the brilliant Dr. Karen Gordon, her amazing book, The Three Chairs, where we left off. I was getting goosebumps because you were going to explain your model of five core competencies. And so uh, please, uh, uh, Dr. Gordon, I apologize for interrupting you. You were just about to get to the punchline, but I wanted people to have to wait till after the commercial. So there are five core skills of people that are sitting in the middle chair. And so when we talked earlier about that, you know, leader is leadership born or is it learned? What's really interesting that there's personality and there's leadership skills. There are certain personality parts or traits that will make it a lot easier for people to adopt or learn leadership skills. Um, and so I find that these are two separate things and they're, 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 they're affected. They, they highly are correlated, but they are kind of different. So these are the five core skills. And you think of the great leader leaders that sit in the middle chair, they would have all five of them. But even kind of like an okay leader is probably going to have at least one or two of them. Anybody who's has uh, is, is got some level of a position of leadership will have at least probably one of the five. Okay. So, but what we're really aiming for is all five. Okay. So here we go. I like, I like taking data. I like to simplify the data and the spells. And it's the acronym that I put together called cards because I like data to simplify it. It helps us understand information. So everybody think to yourself, what are the five core skills? Somebody is sitting in the middle chair. Uh, the five core skills, it spells the acronym card. So here we go. C stands for your communication skills, your ability to give and receive feedback, your ability to hold people accountable, your ability to build trust with other people. A stands for your attitude of yourself and also your goal setting skills. Do you have a really clear direction around idea with what it is that you want and what does success look like to you? R stands for your relationship skills, your ability to put yourself in the shoes of other people. This is where generational differences come into play, personality differences, 
gender differences, racial differences, all of that kind of, that's now you're drawing from your relationship skill set. D stands for your decision-making and your performance, time management, and self-discipline skills. So a lot of people don't realize that when we are actually managing our time, we're actually drawing on our leadership and emotional intelligence skills. Because if I'm a really great leader and I'm sitting in that middle chair, not only do I have a very clear idea about what it is that I want to get, what I, what I want to do, what my priority is, I'm going to park how I feel about it. And I'm just going to focus on getting it done. That is drawing now on my self-discipline skills. This is very, very, very important because a lot of us know what we need to do, but we don't do it because our emotions kind of get in the way. And so uh, your D stands for your decision-making and your time management skills. And your last one, which is really powerful, especially now are stress, anxiety, and energy, uh, or sorry, emotion management skills. So uh, how, so again, somebody who's sitting in that middle chair, they know what stresses them out. They know what causes anxiety. They know they're very focused on in terms of a healthy mindset. They know how to set boundaries. They know how to say no. They know how to refuel. They know how to prioritize their wellness. And so because of that, they're able to perform at a very high level with low stress. People think that, you know, it's not possible to perform at a high level with, with, without having a lot of stress. And that's actually not true. The, the science of high performance shows us with a strategy, you can actually perform at a very high level and very low stress. And so the person who sits in the middle chair has figured that out and they put practices in place to kind of protect their wellness. And so that's why they're able to, to keep performing and they don't burn out. So um, uh, most of the book is actually uh, the, the beginning of the book kind of starts kind of helping readers to understand what the three chairs is. But the majority of the book is really on teaching the skills to help people sit in the middle chair and teaching those five skills. And, and the book comes with a complimentary workbook. It comes with complimentary discussion questions. So you can actually discuss this with your team because one of the things I found so powerful is what we can learn it for ourselves, but then we can start discussing it with other people, whether it's our team or our colleagues, whether it's with our spouse, the discussion part is very powerful. And so, because I don't want people just to learn it. I want them to put pen to paper. Uh, don't be a passive learner, be an active learner. And so that's why we decided to include the complimentary workbook because we want people to start taking action with what they're learning and make it real, right? And own real. It. Make, it, yes. make it their own, make it their own. And, and, and I think there are uh, uh, various models that can help people take a walk every day and eat their vegetables when it comes to relationships, collaboration, leadership. Uh, what I love about your model is, um, you know, I can just hear people using the language. I can just imagine after you are on stage at at a conference seminar room with you know L1 L2 L3 in a, in, a, in an organization and you're 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 helping people get their arms around this content uh, I can just imagine them all week long making reference to it and uh and I can see people going home and telling their family about it and um it, so it's it's I I I love it I, I I think it's powerful and what about you I mean how do you 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 must you deal with people um in 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 the business world you deal with people who are maybe, you know, sometimes when people go to marriage counseling, it's not when they're having the best time in their marriage or right. when they bring their kids right. in, it's not when the kids, hey, we brought in Junior because Junior's getting straight A's and just made Eagle Scouts. So we thought we better come in and have a chat with you, right? So so you must have a very sophisticated sense of what people are grappling with on the inside. How do you use that uh, in, in, in your teaching in your interactions? Uh, I mean, is that like your superpower? Like you have x-ray vision or something? I don't know if I would call it superpower, but it really has helped me. Like when I work, so 
I spend four days of my week working with companies globally. We work within seven different countries, every single industry we're working with every, because this topic affects every single sector, right? So it's been super fun as our business has grown just in terms of, you know, our ability to kind of work with a variety of different people. But what was really kind of set us apart when I learned, and this was an intentional, is that the leaders that we work with, the CEOs that I coach, they love that I can work with them on their senior leadership team. And oh, by the way, we can also kind of work on marriage and with your kids. They love the fact they can have a coach that actually is like, it's a one-stop shop and I'm qualified to do all the above. And so I have this very broad range of skill set that in essentially with what I'm doing is I'm teaching the same skills, but I just can reshape it or reframe it. So depending if I'm talking to the CEO of our company or if actually if I'm talking with the marriage, you know, honestly, Bruce, it, it's exactly the same. It's the same things like the issues that are affecting the, you know, it's different, but the issues are very, very similar. Like in the family context, the biggest issue for a lot of marriages is that they're not, they're not prioritizing each other. Like they, the, each other, the couples are giving the, the last little bit of energy and time they have towards each other, they're not prioritizing their couple. And you, one of the things I love teaching when I talk, speak to business leaders is I'll say, you know, put your hand up. You've actually created a very well thought out strategy plan on how you're going to build, you know, develop your business and everybody's hand goes up. I'm like, great. So who has actually developed the exact same strategy plan for your marriage? Nobody's hand goes up. It's like we have this logic that we apply to business in terms of here are my values, my mission, here are my priorities, here's how I'm going to invest my time and my energy towards these priorities. But when it comes to marriage, we don't do that. And then we wonder why so many marriages are actually falling apart. We need plans. I mean, I think this is one of the most critical things is you need a plan. There's too many things that are coming at us. We're all moving so fast. We need a plan around what are the things that are really important to us? What are those goals? What are we going to say yes to? What are we going to say no to? And the plan has to be both on the business side and the personal side. Because we know consistently that if that personal side starts falling off the rails, it will affect their business. We see a lot of people taking leaves of absences because they don't, their, their personal life is a bit of a mess. And, um, and so it's been really helpful for me that I can work with both sides of the coin because the two sides are so highly affect, they, they affect each other. But the good news is, is that it's not a separate set of tools. It's the same tools that we just happen to be able to apply both to the work or the home. And so I, love doing that. And uh, that I think is, if anything, that's been my superpower that I've been able to kind of teach that these tools are so transferable in both family and actually in business too. And so that part's been really fun. And the three chairs is a great example of it. I started that concept, that framework for teenagers. And now it's the same thing. Leaders, I was speaking in, in Denver, one of our companies that we work with and the CEO says to me, he goes, Karen, he goes, I love this concept. He goes, I want my entire company to be a three chairs company. I want to hire three, three chair managers. I want to hire, I want to make sure everybody understands this concept of three chairs. And when he said that to me, I thought that is so interesting. You know, 25 years later, this concept was started because of teenagers. And, you know, that is, that's the power of simplicity, right? That's the power of when we can find a tool that is so powerful that we can apply to every single age group. It doesn't matter of title, gender, any of that. It's just so relatable. People, people get it. Once what I, once I explain it, people actually get it. I think people do get it and I think it's powerful. And, you know, I, I always say uh, simple doesn't mean easy uh, right. and simple doesn't mean that if you did it for a little while and then you fell off the wagon that, oh, oh, I guess it doesn't work. No, it means you need to get back on the wagon and keep trying. I think it's great. You know, look, there are a lot of simple concepts. The golden rule is a pretty simple con concept. It's working like a charm for, for, right. for some folks and uh, it's a lot of folks uh, who could who could pay closer attention to it. So, so uh, I know you um, uh, are a busy person and we are so thrilled to get some of your time. Uh, but before I let you go, 
What's your best elevator uh, pitch uh, size career advice for, for our, our listeners to take away? Oh my goodness, the career. So we actually created a course for young people to help them find their career because there's so many people that are struggling. But my biggest thing for finding a career is get to know yourself. You've got to really understand who you are, what interests you, what are your passions, what are your values. And uh, actually my, my pitch would actually take our course. We actually have a course called Find Your Dream Career because there's too many options. People feel actually quite overwhelmed. So if you can have like a really simple process to actually help you find your dream career, uh, that, would be, that would be my short answers take our course called Find Your Dream Career. We've been doing it for seven years, love doing it to really help people understand who they are and what is a career that beautifully matches their personality, values, and interests. That was Dr. Karen Gordon, author of the new book, The Three Chairs. Next week, I talk with Jasmine Martirosian, Vice President of Marketing at Tuvsud Americas and host of the Innovation Nation podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter at goto underscore podcast. That's at goto underscore podcast. Learn more about GoToism in my new book, The Art of Being Indispensable at Work, available now from Harvard Business Review Press, wherever books are sold. And you can learn more about our work at Rainmaker Thinking by visiting us at rainmakerthinking.com. Until next time, stay strong and stay indispensable.